You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. I am your humble host, Pete Rogers, joined as always by just Clark Barnes. And I shouldn't say as always this time because it's actually just Clark Barnes. Sadly, Jordan is not with us tonight. Uh, I believe he's on an airplane flying to somewhere. But uh, just Clark Barnes, how are you? Doing just great, Pete. Got a fantastic fantasy matchup tonight. So if you hear any loud exclamations coming from this side, of the pond as we don't say well then you know why yes we are uh as everyone who ever listens to this podcast should know by now i am a patriots fan uh and clark has a lot riding on this game so we have recorded this and this means no nothing to anyone who's listening to this because it'll come out tomorrow but we're recording it earlier than normal so that we can get uh to witnessing the monday night showdown between the new england patriots and the miami dolphins why this game was ever put as a Monday night game just blows my mind because hopefully it should by at all accounts be just a complete thwapping, thwapping uh, disgrace of a game that the Patriots will put on by put on the uh, Dolphins. Yeah, I need the Dolphins to accidentally score a couple of points so that Brady stays in. I need one of those 350 and three nights from Brady with like a 120 all-purpose nights and a touchdown from Deion Lewis, which is feasible. It's possible. But, oh, crazy. boy. It's got a lot riding. It's got a lot riding. Uh, so we will get through this as quickly as we possibly can so that we can make sure to uh, get to the game, but still not skimp on the information that we provide to you. And, in fact, we've made some changes to make sure that we provide to you the most information in the most uh, critical time of the fantasy season. So we've got a whole bushel of breaking news coming from this weekend. Primarily, obviously, Carson Wentz's injury. Before we delve all into that, because we do it every single week, we got to give out the You Help No One Award for Week 14. Our nominees for this week are Rod Smith, Dallas Cowboys running back, who had six attempts for 47 yards and a touchdown, as well as five receptions for 113 yards and a touchdown. We have... Packers quarterback Brett Hundley, who had 265 yards and three touchdowns, zero interceptions against the Cleveland Brown in an overtime victory. Um, uh, and we will have more on that game later for those of you <laughs> scoffing and who tasted their lunch just a second ago. So don't worry. We'll get into that more deeply as the show goes on. Third nominee is Keelan Cole, wide receiver for the Jacksonville Jaguars, whose name I've never heard of before. Uh, three receptions for 99 yards and a touchdowns against the Seahawks. And then we get into the players who didn't help anyone because they were their big names who just put up nothing. Mike Evans had two receptions for 25 yards, pretty much per usual now this season. And Jimmy Graham had two targets, zero receptions, and zero yards. Clark, uh, who is your nominee for You Help No One this week? 
So for the you held no one this week, even though he was going up against one of the toughest defenses in the NFL, and speaking of tasting your lunch, after I say that comment, I it's, tasted my I little salad. Is this, that I I'm had sure this is a very difficult season for you to like kind of be with. Yeah. It's not great uh, for this Texans <laughs> fan, but I'm going great. with uh, little Jimmy Graham. Uh, yes. Doing nothing. Literally, literally nothing. This is the obvious choice. I mean, even if you didn't expect a big game out of Jimmy Graham, he's been rolling. He's been putting up good numbers. And this is the first week in the fantasy playoffs. You're laughing at the Gronk owner. You're feeling good. And at least the Gronk owner got to accidentally start Steven Anderson. Uh. I even wrote in my DFS picks for this week. Uh, I said that Graham was a great start. I, I said by Graham because the Jaguars have a really good defense and they do a really good job at uh, limiting opposing wide receivers. And so I was all like, look, Russell Wilson's got to throw the ball somewhere. And, uh, you know, they're average against tight ends. So Jimmy Graham, who has been who had been scoring a touchdown, he had scored at, at least a touchdown in each of the last four games. Uh, you would think that he would just continue to build upon that, be the red zone target and threat that he always is, and at the very least, maybe give you, you know, three catches for 30 yards and a touchdown, which is a totally respectable from a tight end. Instead, you literally got nothing. Yeah, and, and how about my super smart call last week comparing Russell Wilson to uh, River Phoenix for dying prematurely on you? He goes 17 for 31, Russell Wilson does, 271 yards with three picks. Also hey. threw three touchdowns, rushed five times for 50 yards, and still ended up QB5 in standard ESPN scoring. So, But still, but still, hey, when we're right, we're right. You know? yeah, finish behind Brent Hundley. So this just proves, like, I, I do stats for a living. So I, I know, guys, sorry. Oh, <laughs> oh, look at this cool. guy, stats yeah, man. But like, for a living, I do uh, I do business statistics. I'm an analyst. And uh, so uh, my statistics teacher in college said that there are liars, damn liars, and statisticians. So proving that you can make stats say anything you want. Russell Wilson had an awful week finishing behind Brent Hundley. And Carson Wentz, who got hurt and didn't even finish the game. Uh, I mean, it's just, if that doesn't prove to you that Russell Wilson is no longer worth starting in your fantasy leagues, I, I don't know what more you're looking for. Also number five in one of his worst performances this year. Uh, so, uh, so yeah. Depends on how you want to slice it. That's our fickle mistress. Uh, yes. Uh, obviously, wrapping up, you help no one. Jimmy Graham is the right choice. He currently is leading by a landslide on faketeams.com. We have a poll up there, so go vote in the poll. But, I mean, I don't even know. Even if there are seven of you who go vote for someone else, uh, Jimmy Graham will still probably win. That's a lot of hurt feelings in that poll, Pete. That's, That's a lot of, lot of hurt feelings. A lot of people started Jimmy Graham thinking that he was going to do something, and uh, we're very disappointed in the fact that he did literally nothing. Uh, but let's get on to the Week 14 recap. We're going to be talking about all of the craziness that ha went down. Primarily, obviously, we'll be talking injuries and how to cope with those injuries. Um, but we wanted, to, we wanted to say on the onset, if uh, you come to here, because you want to hear our our our, our um, insight and our intelligence on every single game from the week, uh, you'll sadly be disappointed in this episode. We decided instead of covering every single game, primarily, first of all, because we don't have Jordan, and you know it's a lot for the both of us to take on ten games to talk about. 
And we wanted to also save Clark the humiliation of having to talk about the AFC South every week. Hey, and you stole one of the games that I actually <laughs> I wanted to cover. Pete, no with the rare early chime in, I'll take this week. <laughs> yeah. uh, but it's the fantasy playoffs, and so you don't really care that Mitchell Trubisky threw a lot of touchdowns on the Bengals because no team in the playoffs has Mitchell Trubisky as their starting quarterback. Uh, so... Plus, we got some waiver wire ads, and we want to make sure we get to them so that we can help you, the people, because that's who we care about. Let's start with the Eagles versus the Rams, because obviously the biggest story to come out of week 14 was the fact that Carson Wentz, uh, beloved ginger, most likely MVP of the league, uh, because anyone not named Tom Brady wins it, uh, and leading these Eagles, the upstart Eagles, to possibly a Super Bowl championship, uh, tears his ACL. So... We'll start with the losers for this game. Loser is everyone. Fantasy owners are losers because Wentz was the second best quarterback in fantasy. um, Because you're now in the most critical time for the fantasy world. And if you don't have a starting caliber quarterback or even the best quarterback, uh, that is a big blow to your team. And there's not a lot of people out there. Uh, This is a loser. Football fans are losers because the Eagles were one of the better teams in the league. Uh, An exciting young team making a Super Bowl run. And we're now seeing yet again one of the most exciting people in the league uh, get knocked out by a a knee injury. Uh, This is very upsetting when we've had to already suffer the loss of Aaron Rodgers, though he's coming back. Uh, David Johnson, Odell Beckham, I mean, on defense, J.J. Watt, Richard Sherman. I mean, you're losing. These are big, big names. If you built a Madden team, with all the people on IR, that team would probably go 16-0 and and win the Super Bowl. Let's not forget a man named Deshaun Watson, who, as of two weeks ago, was still outscoring Matt still, Ryan. Still outscoring. God, Deshaun Watson, man. Pour some out. Uh, and, Go of back. course, most impor- most importantly, this, is, this sucks for Carson Wentz. Uh, he was an MVP candidate. Most likely, that was probably what he, he was probably going to win. But more than that, it's so tough to see a player – who put it all together in their second season, go down with a major injury. It just sucks. It's just injuries are such a shitty, shitty aspect of football. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I said on some previous podcasts that I don't think Carson Wentz was the MVP, but he's at least in the discussion because of right. what he's done. I think he's playing on a fantastic team and playing well, but now that he is gone, it's making me kind of reconsider my hate not hate making me reconsider my questioning of him as an mvp candidate because does anybody think that nick Foles is going to come in and lead this team to a victory in the playoffs the schedule is pretty cushy yeah in the playoffs once you get into the playoffs i mean anything can happen and we've seen we've seen like backup quarterbacks this year have some success ranging from case keenum all the way to mike glennon if he's ever played (laughs) um you're definitely not feeling so great if you're a Phillies fan or just an NFL fan about the prospect of Nick Foles kind of coming out of nowhere to lead this team anywhere. Yeah. I mean, this is kind of a la the Raiders last year when the Raiders were flying high and looking great. And then the Texans managed to get them in the first round and win. I mean, the Eagles are going to be the team that the Panthers or the Seahawks really cruise on in the first round of the playoffs. And it sucks, man. Like, even I'm not an Eagles fan. I don't, I don't care if the Eagles win, but it just, like you mentioned, it sucks to see all these guys go out with injuries. There's nothing to be done about it. It's not like these guys all went out on bad plays, but it's just, it's football and it's hyper violent. And uh, yeah, 
bad for the league. And but again, it's, there's nothing you can do about it. There's these aren't dirty plays. They're just right. right. Yeah, that's and what the knees thing, do. They tear ACLs. That's what yeah. they do. That's the worst thing about most of these ACL injuries is that they've just come from non-contact. That it is just planting funky and something snaps. Well, not something. The ACL snaps. Uh, winner for this game because you got to pick someone. Uh, Todd Gurley, actually. I've been talking up Todd Gurley in the last few games, how they're very tough and how maybe he's set to disappoint you in the fantasy playoffs. But uh, he did pretty well facing the league's best run defense. He had 13 carries for 96 yards and two touchdowns. I think it might be time for me not to be so skeptical anymore. I might fully commit myself into believing in him. He plays the Seahawks, Titans, and 49ers next. Uh, I would be a little worried about the Hawks, but I'm certainly a lot less skeptical considering what he was able to put together and just how the Rams functioned, uh, the Rams offense looked against a very, very stout Eagles uh, defense. Yeah, I'm with you on the Todd Gurley take. I mean, even in his bad weeks and just standard scoring, he's been double digits every game except week five against Seattle where he got three. And he's not like eking in to double digits. So in his worst stretch, which is the past, you know, four or five games, we've got 13 and a half against Houston, 11 and a half versus Minnesota, 12 and a half versus New Orleans, you know, nearly 16 against Arizona. And I mean, yeah, he kind of set the bar pretty high with his 15, 24, 33, 27 <laughs> start to the season, but he's still doing well. He's not killing you. And so it's it's good to see him come back and get a couple of touchdowns, and it'll be a really interesting finish to the race uh, with Seattle kind of nipping at everyone's heels despite their loss, which we will chat about later. Yeah, yeah. No, that's going to be that's going to be a big matchup and a big game. Uh, let's move on to a game that you alluded to at the top of the show. Brett Hundley uh, leading the Packers over the uh, Browns in overtime, a game in which uh, should never really have been this close. But hey, the Browns gave it all they got. And sadly, the Browns are just the Browns and uh, can't win a game. Yeah, so I have uh, decided this game to name it uh, absolute garbage beans. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Um, this one was really tough. I wondered how I would fill the void in my life uh, watching Titans and Jaguars games each week. And my prayers were answered because this uh, Packers game versus the Browns was just both teams look like absolute garbage. Uh, now, fantasy wise, it wasn't so bad. Uh, everybody that picked up Jamal Williams and had a little faith this week was rewarded for their faith. You know, he got 15 carries, 49 yards and a touchdown. He got seven targets, seven catches, 69 yards and a touchdown just left absolutely wide open on one of the nice plays that Brent Hundley made. Uh, so Williams looks good moving forward. Aaron Jones had kind of a crummy game, four carries, minus two yards, and no catches. He didn't have a ton of room to run, so it's not like he looked like absolute trash or anything. He just couldn't get it going, and when the guy in front of you is tearing it up for the past three weeks like uh, Williams has, you're just not going to get in front of him. Devontae Adams had a, ended up having a very nice game, 14 targets, 10 catches, 84 yards, and two touchdowns. Uh, most importantly, the last touchdown he got in garbage time when, and now we'll go over to the Browns, when Deshaun Kaiser pulled the most Jameis Winston play of the week, going down in the clutches of Packers defenders decided that he was just going to throw it up into the middle of the field 10 yards ahead of the line of scrimmage. 
he was picked. The Packers uh, get the ball, march down the field on a nice little screen pass to Devontae Adams, who you don't expect to turn it up for a touchdown. He does, and the Packers win. I saw that. I saw that throw. If you haven't seen, if you didn't watch this game, which, fine, that's respectable. Um, don't. But if you don't. If you haven't. Just find, just find that the Sean Kaiser throw, because it is so awful it's like it is it is perfect you perfectly described it as Jamin winston-esque in just the sense that like he is going down in the in the arms of defenders and just literally heaves up he's like playing 500 and he's just like here it is whoever can jump the highest can get it and then it's suddenly out of it's like one browns receiver and five packers defenders and shocker five to one ratio succeeds yeah, you're just hoping that one of the Packers try to knock the ball down, but they don't, and they pick it, and they go on to win. Uh, now, one the the lone bright spot for the Browns is Josh Gordon still looked really good in the first half. He got six targets, three catches, 69 yards, and just an, a really nice hands catch uh, going over the middle in the end zone. Looked really good. So he got you 69 yards and a touchdown. So if you started him, you were you were paid off. You got well more than you should have from someone that you picked up week 13 speculatively or someone uh, week 14 that you spent a little fab on. Uh, now, I know the announcers calling the game can't say this is a trash game and everyone we're watching is trash, <laughs> but listening to them go on and on about how good these two quarterbacks looked was just sickening. Both of these quarterbacks looked terrible. Now, uh, Kaiser went 20 for 28 with 214 yards, three touchdowns, and two picks, and literally threw the game away to the other team. Uh, now, Brent Hundley went 35 for 46, sounds better, 265 yards, no picks, three touchdowns, but he didn't do it. Uh, he, he did not look good. He, he did not look good. So all of this, every time a quarterback in a green uniform runs and then throws the ball, they do not oh look like Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. All right, let's stop with this stuff because I don't want Pete to have to stay up all night bleeping things out on the podcast. Oh, I consider it. Uh, you look terrible. The Packers beat a team that hasn't won yet this year. They should have. It Barely. shouldn't have been in overtime. Close. Yeah. yeah. And just, just garbage. Just, just, I mean, what a terrible game. Um, I like how, even though we've like, even though we decided to take only three games each, somehow you still managed to find yourself a garbage game to recap. Well, so I, I, the reason I picked it is I knew I wanted to know about Jamal Williams. Devonte Adams is somebody that everybody's starting. Josh Gordon's got a lot of hype. Everybody's yeah, looking man. forward to that. So I wanted to give some fantasy insight, even though the game was bad. And the fantasy insight is all those guys that you're excited about. You can still go with them. Perfect. Just don't bother with this game trust me just, just i watched start it. them and don't watch their games yeah you're except fine. you can watch packers games now because ooh, santa claus is coming back to town uh but let's go to a game let's go from a garbage game to a fan freaking tastic game the seattle seahawks take on the jacksonville jaguars and oh my goodness don't look now clark but the jaguars are rolling and are going have now set themselves up to have a above 500 record for the first time in uh, if i knew my stats i would know them but i'm not a it's like 1973 i believe don't it's, quote me on i that. believe the early 30s is what i yeah. kind of feel like post world war one era when the boys came just, back right right just when the boys came back um 
winner for this game, and I feel crazy saying this, but you gotta you gotta give him credit. Blake Bortles, yeah, buddy. Not only because he threw 268 yards and two touchdowns with a rare no-pick performance, uh, but most of the winning comes after the game in which, when asked about those fights, his exact quote was, teams aren't used to getting beat by the Jags. We beat the crap out of them for 60 minutes. Blake motherfucking Bortles coming in hot and heavy! I love it! Uh, so yeah, so Blake Bortles is, and and I'll say this right now, we're doing waiver wire picks at the end, but he's not on there. Uh Blake Bortles is someone that you should definitely, if you are a Carson Wentz owner who just lost him and you need someone to go get, it's crazy to say this, but Blake Bortles is only owned in like a 38% of leagues, I think. And he uh, has been pretty good recently. And it's got a very easy, easy schedule coming up. I believe they play the 49ers. They play Houston. And I think they also play the Titans, but I could be misremembering their schedule. Uh, Nonetheless, Blake Bortles is a very favorable favorable schedule. He's not, well, widely owned, um, and he's been playing very, very well. So it might be crazy to rest your uh, your fantasy playoff hopes on the arm of Blake Bortles, but crazier things have happened. Plus, how badass would it be to win a fantasy championship with Blake Bortles as your starting quarterback? I mean, come on. Talk about the bragging rights there. Please note as a disclaimer that the opinions expressed by Peter Rogers do not necessarily reflect the opinions of all of the participants in the RB1 podcast, nor those of faketeams.com. Good disclaimer. Well said. Uh, Loser for this game. We touched on him. Russell Wilson. You got it. I mean, I had to pick someone and I could say Jimmy Graham, but we went at length about Jimmy Graham earlier to open up the show. Uh, Wilson's three interceptions. They were all on bombs, and it's actually amazing. Just like how you should go watch Deshaun Kaiser's uh, interception because it's just an awful quarterback decision by Deshaun Kaiser. You should watch those three interceptions by Russell Wilson because they are all absurd plays by A.J. Boye, who intercepted him twice, and Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey is the one that particularly stuck out with me. Uh, it was a big bomb to Doug Baldwin, and he and Doug Baldwin were stepping step for step Ball goes up. Jalen Ramsey just accelerates to the ball and just outruns and outmuscles Doug uh, Doug Baldwin to the ball, picks it off in the end zone. And it's just these two cornerbacks that Jaguars have are scary, scary, scary good. Um, I had other winners. Oh, yeah, other winners. Uh, myself for believing in the Jaguars uh, making the playoffs. So tip of the old cap to me. Uh, and the Jaguars defense, which is very, very good at playing football. So we are. Those corners are tough. It is sad to see former Texan AJ Boyer just lining up for the Jags. Yeah. Uh, quickly, because this game did end in like three different fights and got real chippy, uh, and suspensions were not brought down. Someone was ejected during the game. Um, this has become an overlying issue with the NFL, and we'll. I'll try to keep this quick because we know we want to be breezing through this, uh, but. The NFL has had, obviously, a lot of issues. Um, but we're starting to get to this thing now where the NFL doesn't really know. You never know what suspension is being brought down on someone. Um, if you look, I posted this on my Twitter timeline, and maybe we'll retweet it from the RB1 podcast Twitter, uh, at RB1 podcast. You should be following us. Uh, towards the end, it was a kneel down to finish the game. And while that was happening, Michael Bennett, 
went for uh, the Jaguar center, whose name I can't remember, went for his knees and basically rolled him, grabbed his leg and rolled up onto his knee. And then they fell. And there was, they're getting up and Michael Bennett bowled them back down. It was a blatant, it had no part in the play. There was a kneel down. So it was basically no one does anything anyways. Uh, it was a blatant attempt to injure the guy out of frustration. And the NFL has reviewed the tape and has come down with no suspension for Michael Bennett. Um, I, I understand however you want to view it. I think it's suspension worthy, but that's just me. But what the NFL needs to do is the NFL needs to c- construct a clear set of rules as to what constitutes a, a suspension worthy uh, offense and how much time you are going to get. And you just got to abide by those rules and live to t- and live with it from day to day. Like the seeming ambiguity of what a suspension is or will not be is maddening. And it's just something that seemingly has come up a lot. And it's just, it's just awful. It's something that the NFL needs to fix. So there's my little rant about how they don't know what a suspension is. I had a chat with someone at work on a similar issue that came up uh, and she is much smarter than me. And I, I had your opinion as well of like, we should outline these things and we should tell people what is wrong and what is not. And uh, she brought up the good point of when you start going into the rule book and outlining, this is a suspension. This is not, it gives the, not the opposing side, but it gives like the defense. Anytime someone is being actioned, a lot of wiggle room and a lot Mm -hmm. of things to argue. If you said like, Oh, if I'm clearly trying to injure the player, then that is a suspension. But here you can't see on tape that I am clearly trying to do it. So the NFL being in charge and having hand, because the NFL's Players Association is one of the weakest unions in professional sports. They're not going to do that. This would just be the NFL just giving something away. And why would they? So they're not going to do it. We're going to have to live with it. And it's one of those things of the only thing that you can do is to not watch the games. And I've started doing that this year. I watch Red Zone, and then on Game Pass, I watch the games because you can only suffer so many an F-150 and Chevy 1500 commercials before you just get out on the whole thing. But they're not going to do that. They're in charge. They want to be in charge. They want to make the rules apply how they want to make the rules apply. And so if, if you're holding out hope that this is going to happen, it's not. Yeah. So it, it's not going to happen. Why, why give up that power? And it sucks and the fans lose. So Yep. That's a good point. Uh, let's move on to a game in which the fans did not lose. The Niners at the Texans. Um my boy, Jimmy Garoppolo, and his blossoming relationship with Marquise Goodwin has been on full display, and I love every second of it. But, uh, but Clark, I will, I will give a moment of silence for your Houston Texans and your uh, uh, Tom Savage. How about those Browns getting that early pick for us getting oh. perhaps the best quarterback in football for the next seven years, Deshaun Watson? That's Let's hope. Out, hope for uh, to start negative and then go positive. I am going to talk about Jimmy Garoppolo. So he looks like a player who is either not very good or has only been with a team for three weeks. And there's no way for us to tell which one it is now. He missed a lot of guys. The timing was off on a lot of throws. And th- that's what bad quarterbacks look like. But it's also what quarterbacks look like when they're traded at the trade deadline to teams who are terrible. So he, he ended up with 334 yards on 20 attempts. He got a, a touchdown and an interception. Uh, so the, the jury's still out on Garoppolo, but if you're a pessimist like me, you can at least feel good that he did not look terrible. 
Uh, and if you're also an optimist like me, because I'm a man of many faces, uh, Marquise Goodwin had a really good game this week. He got 12 targets, six catches, 106 yards. More importantly uh, than just the box score is he he's absolutely the number one wide receiver, at least for the yeah. rest of this year. So if you picked him up and if you were desperate at wide receiver, in standard he got you 10 points, in PPR he got you 16 that's good. Uh, and if that was good enough for you to get through the first round of playoffs, that's going to continue. They're obviously running plays for him. They're obviously trying to get him the ball. He's not a number one wide receiver, but he's the best wide receiver they have on this team. So he's getting that volume. Um, yeah. If you, if I have him in my waiver wire list, if you, he's owned in 55% of Yahoo leagues. Uh, if you need a wide receiver, a flex option, I really like it, the schedule going forward with him. And I also just like, I really believe in the connection that it's seemingly already is being constructed between him and Jimmy G. Yeah. He's getting that Shanahan number one wide receiver role. He's the first read. He's they, they, he didn't get a touchdown in this game, but they looked for him in the red zone a lot. There are a lot of plays run for him inside the 10 yard line. So even though he didn't get the touchdown, it's, gonna come if it's gonna come for any wide receiver they're trying to get him the ball so be confident starting marquise goodwin going forward um deandre hopkins even though tom savage got hurt which is not you know i mean tom savage i hope you get better i'm not disparaging you as a person but he's not good at quarterback uh deandre hopkins with tj yates throwing in the ball most of the game still ended up with 16 targets good god for 11 catches, 140 yards, and two touchdowns. Um, is DeAndre Hopkins the m- most QB uh, immune receiver in fantasy? So I wanted to make a an argument that over the past three years, DeAndre Hopkins has been the best wide receiver in football. Now, the stats did not back that up because Antonio <laughs> Brown is really good. Absolutely good killing it and antonio brown is awesome this is not me saying like oh look at that trash bag deandre hopkins is awesome i'm not doing that but like the plays that you see deandre hopkins make every week are just amazing he has incredible hands and incredible awareness to get his feet in on the sideline and what are you worried about on the texans yeah and he still does it um, do you you should if you want to if you really want to di- deep dive into stats we should look at Antonio Brown the difference between when he plays with Ben Roethlisberger and when Ben Roethlisberger inevitably gets hurt and he plays with Thomas Landry or whatever his name is because uh, I feel like that's the biggest right because I think I think the biggest thing to your argument is the fact that DeAndre Hopkins has only had a small segment of the last three years with a starting caliber quarterback. And I'd call that Deshaun Watson. Wait, Okay. All right. I was like, what segment? Because I forgot about Deshaun. Watson. <laughs> I forgot. Okay, you're right. You're right. The best right. quarterback for the next seven years. And right. we've already established on this podcast. Uh, yeah. And so, but I mean, just the fact that it seems like no matter whatever quarterback Houston rolls through behind under center, Deandre Hopkins will always get you fantasy points, which is a rarity in this, in this, in the NFL, like it's rarity in, and it's rare in fantasy sports to be able to plug a wide receiver in. And no matter what happens to their quarterback, I mean, look at Jordy Nelson. As soon as Aaron Rodgers goes out, Jordy Nelson becomes completely has no value. You, you can drop him and feel completely confident in the fact that he will never burn you quickly. Go pick him up though. Cause Rodgers is coming back. Uh, but I think Deandre Hopkins might be the most quarterback immune wide receiver in fantasy for, football. 
Yeah, and I would call that the best receiver, but I'm not going to die on this hill, right? Like, I, 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 I don't want to disparage Antonio Brown in any way because he's also just absolutely amazing. Right. Um, and but if you want to watch some amazing wide receiver play, just DeAndre Hopkins is just absolutely killing it. The last segment here on this game is the I'm sorry segment. Um, <laughs> I recommended everyone go out and get and start Steven Anderson. And I did. So if it makes you feel any better, I suffered along with you. He got two catches off of six targets for 16 yards. Uh, He dropped a lot of passes. He did not make a lot of plays that were there. I also said that Matt Breida was going to read, (laughs) was going to lead. 49ers and carries and touchdowns and he was really going to come on late. He only got 12 carries to Carlos decides 14. Uh, he got 27 yards. Uh, Carlos Hyde got 78. Uh, Matt Breedy got zero touchdowns. Carlos Hyde got one. Hyde got 31 yards uh, on one run near the end of the second half, but that's just me trying to make excuses. Uh, Hyde looked better. Breida didn't look bad, but Hyde looked hey, better. There's so- still time. So if you believed the Brita love from this podcaster, uh, yeah, don't worry about. It. And then I've got uh, Texans Cab Fessions. Uh, mm, I really want man, so Andre, many favorites. I like it this yeah. game. I really want Andre Ellington to line up next to Deshaun Watson next year. I've eaten all right the mushroom i don't know what you call the i've drank the kool-aid no. for a bad analogy no, I, I believe i feel like mushrooms eating a mushroom is the same equivalent of drinking kool-aid yeah and i want it to happen so bad which i know does not translate into it's going to in any way but andre ellington super electric uh looked electric in this game and has looked electric but there's just nothing for him really to do in this offense because to take advantage of a running back that has skills like that you need a good quarterback and it's just texans on to 2018 on to 2018 that's the motto uh and niners two, too <laughs> and the niners too everyone everyone's motto is on to 2018 uh two games left we have on the docket uh my last one vikings versus the panthers um winner for this game it's not mick cafe sorry uh jonathan stewart ain't going anywhere uh 16 carries for 103 yards and three touchdowns. Where did that come from? Where did yeah, he it's because I'm from? playing Jonathan Stewart this week <laughs> in my f-ing game where I need a hundred points out of Tom Brady and Deion Lewis. Yeah, so I'm playing. That's my my bad guys. That one's on me. That's I'm on Clark. Uh, he had three touch against a very stout Vikings defense. This is not Vikings defense has not been a pushover at all this season. So Stewart's available in 38% of Yahoo leagues right now. The Pat- Panthers play the Packers, Bucks, and Falcons the final three weeks, all of which are eh, mediocre to subpar against the run. So if you need a running back, and if this is a sign of whatever to come, Jonathan Stewart uh, is someone that I would definitely be putting onto your team. Loser. Anyone who started anyone else in this game other than Stewart and Thielen, it was a pretty average game for most everyone. Keenum had 20, 280 yards and two touchdowns and two interceptions. Stefan Diggs has been, uh, and I can say this because he's on my team that I care about that's currently battling not to be losing the league. Uh, 
six for 64. Like that's decent, but Stefan Diggs, I, I was expecting Stefan Diggs to be putting up Adam Thielen numbers and Adam Thielen to be putting up Stefan Diggs numbers, not vice versa. So that's a little upsetting. Latavius Murray and Jarek McKinnon combined for 60 yards on the ground. So that was fun. Uh, my fiance can tell you how awful it was starting Jarek McKinnon in her flex instead of Kareem Hunt. So that's a, that's a story for a, another day. Uh, and then I wrote this, <laughs> I wrote this loser thing, uh, peeling back the piano cover. I wrote this before I, I just had read Cam's passing numbers and not his rushing numbers. And I was like, ah, Cam had 137 yards and a touchdown and interception. That's awful. Uh, then he also had 70 yards in the ground. So made up for it a little bit, but still not great. Uh, so there you go. That's a pretty quick summary on that game. The big one is Jonathan Stewart, who is available. And if he's available in your league, pretty cushy schedule ahead of him. And I would, I would try to make moves if you are running back needy. I'm just sorry to everyone that played Jonathan Stewart. It's all my fault, guys. I'm sorry. This is just, this is, we're going to, this podcast is now labeled week 14 recap, colon, Clark is sorry. It's a good title. Uh, I mean, it's a good title. Intriguing. People are going to wonder who Clark is. I, if I, if I had heard, if I read that, I'd be like, I now need to listen to 30 minutes of these guys rambling to figure out why Clark is sorry. Yeah. Well, we'll move on with that. So we've got, I, I picked, the team from Washington traveling out to San Diego to face the Chargers. Chargers continue to roll. Washington continues to spiral. Uh, eh, pretty much everybody who started on the Chargers side here did did pretty good for you. Uh, Keenan Allen got six catches on eight targets, 111 yards, didn't get a touchdown this week. That's all right. Uh, <laughs> you can survive. Yeah, well, I was he was on bye this week, so it's fine. Uh, four catches and 50 yards and a touchdown for Hunter Henry. So it's nice to see him showing some life after a really bafflingly unproductive beginning of the year. Uh, Melvin Gordon, 22 carries, only 78 yards, but also got into the end zone. So Philip Rivers with a very typical Philip Rivers line, 18 of 31. Oh, that's not good. No, but 319. Yeah. So uh, Tyrell Williams got deep for a touchdown, ended up with four catches. Uh, 132 yards and a touchdown. I would not recommend starting Tyrell Williams. Uh, this is just one of those wide receivers on the Chargers yeah. who can get deep, and he did get deep, and so he put up a great line. Don't be fooled by that. I don't expect that to happen regularly. Uh, there you go. That was the end of the sentence. And uh, so the losers in this game are Washington, uh, Kirk Cousins, 15 to 27, 150 yards, one touchdown, and one interception. If you started Samaj P. Ryan, he got you 45 yards, uh, four catches, and seven yards, which is Ugh. a good summary of how good he looked during this game. I started and him, and it was not good. Oh, boy. Oh, that's yeah. I, I thought that he was going to bounce back because th- two of the three weeks he put up 100 yards, and he was facing a pretty bad rush defense, but... Sucks to suck, Pete. Yeah, I mean, speaking of bouncing back, Vernon Davis put up two catches, but one of them was a touchdown on 26 yards. Uh, Washington is going to lose Kirk Cousins, who's not great, but he's not terrible, and they're going to really regret that, and he's going to look good being a middle-of-the-road quarterback for someone else next year. Yep. Uh, Before we get into waiver wires, uh, I just want to play a quick game with you, Clark. I'm going to read to you two different stat lines, and you're going to tell me which quarterback has each stat line. Are you excited? Are you on mute again? Yes, I am on mute and on pins and needles. 
Um, I'm watching okay. the Monday Night Football game, Pete. I got a lot riding on this game. This is oh, I know, I know you do. And this this right. is involving the Monday Night Football game. You've got quarterback A, seven for eleven for seventy two yards. Eh, fine. Quarterback B, zero for four with an interception. Which one is Tom Brady? Yeah, I'm cheating because I'm watching this Come game. On. Uh, yeah, Tom. This is oh. this is if, if the goddamn Patriots and and we're going to finish this podcast lickety split so I can get in front of this game. But if the goddamn Patriots lose to Miami Dolphins on Monday Night Football, I am going to be irate. So I'm going to give it the positive spin here. This game is setting up exactly how I need it to. Miami dominates the first quarter and a half, goes up 13 to nothing. And then Timmy Tom comes back, throws for 400 yards, four touchdowns. Deion Lewis gets away on a little screen for a 65 yard touchdown run. Uh, This game, all dolphins so far. Yeah. If, if if at halftime, if this if this game goes into half like yeah, 13-0 or even 13-3, or somehow the Dolphins are above and Brady's been playing like shit in the first half, Brady's gonna come out in that second half on fire and furious, and he's gonna throw the ball 50 times. And it, either it's going to break the Patriots or it's gonna lead them back into storming comeback. So you are sitting pretty currently. Oh, okay. I mean, it's how you want it to turn out. It's like when you're halfway through your workout and you feel like absolute shit, but when you know when you just press through for the next 20 or 30 minutes, you're going to feel so good in the shower yeah. in just a minute. So, yep, I feel that. Uh, all right. So let's re- let's uh, let's wrap up the episode with uh, with a quick waiver wire talk, because like always, you know, it's the playoffs. Obviously, we want to make sure that you know who to be targeting. We want to help you win your leagues, win your fantasy teams. Um, I've got three guys on my list, one of whom is just kind of everyone should, if he's available in your league, your league is stupid and you should uh, take advantage of your league. But let's start with uh, Corey Coleman, wide receiver for the Browns. Clark talked about how good Josh Gordon has looked uh, for the Browns coming back. Corey Coleman is still a very productive receiver in Cleveland. He's owned in 28% of leagues. Um, He's got Gordon's gotten all the hype, but, Coleman in his own right is talented. He's still a big part of the Browns offense in only one of the five games uh, he's played this season. Has he been targeted less than six times? And he's coming off of one of his best games, catching five balls for 62 yards and a touchdown. If you're in need, I would never see him as anything above a flex option. Um, but he is someone that if you are looking for flex, uh, flex fillers, I guess you could call them. Uh, he's someone I would take a flyer on. Yeah, I like it. I mean, you're counting on the Browns to score, mm-hmm. which is not, great but um he's good he's a good player deshaun kaiser is throwing the ball uh sometimes stupidly to the other team at the end of the game to force uh a loss and keep that number one pick lined up but oh gotta stay on brand gotta stay on brand uh so i i struggled this week with my waiver wire pickups and you'll see by this pick uh, if, if you are sitting pretty week 15, but have just lost Carson Wentz, uh, Mitchell Trubisky plays Cleveland week 16, maybe. maybe. Yep. I yep. mean, don't do that. I just don't have anyone good for this segment. Don't do that. Uh, <laughs> if you want, if you need a quarterback, well, I'll save him for later. I mean, it's basically if Aaron Rodgers is owned currently in 81% of Yahoo leagues, 81 uh, so if you're in those 20% of leagues or 19 technically percent of leagues that Aaron Rodgers is a free agent, uh, you go get him. 
uh, because your league is stupid and you're going to take advantage and hoist the trophy over your dumbass friend who dropped Aaron Rodgers because, oh, my God, I don't have bench space for him. Come on, son. Um, do you have do you have another waiver wire ad or no? I mean, ask Kerwin Williams. You know, uh, Adrian Peterson should not start again this year. And uh, the Cardinals are not good, but it's a starting running back. So if you're desperate, Kerwin Williams is available. And uh, let's see here. He's owned in 11% of leagues. So if you're really desperate at running back, you can run out and get this guy. When you get a starting running back, you're hoping for that pass interference in the end zone. And some guy just falls over and gets you seven. Yeah, buddy. Yeah. That's the way to do it. Uh, My final waiver wire ad is we've touched on a lot of tight ends in today's episode, but uh, if you are someone who's been streaming tight ends or, or for whatever, I mean, if you've made it this far streaming tight ends, good for you. Uh, but if you have tight end issues, OJ Howard, the OJ Howard revolution in Tampa seems to not only have just been a Ryan Fitzpatrick thing. Uh, he wildly outperformed Cameron break this week. Uh, he had four catches for 54 yards and a touchdown. He's now gone over 50 yards in three of his last four games. And that's likely to continue. He's got favorable matchups against the Falcons and the Saints, both of whom are very average against uh, covering tight ends. Uh, Cameron Brait had only one target Sunday. So Cameron Brait is eh, pretty much done getting pushed on the outs and outs. And OJ Howard will be taking over that starting role, it seems. So oh, there you go. I like it. Excellent. Well, Not only do I like it, I like you and you, the listeners, like us. And so there's so much liking that's going around. The thing that I don't freaking like is that the GD Patriots are losing to the Dolphins right now. But um, that's why we do the podcast early. Because this way, Clark and I can both give our full undivided attention to the games, which Tom will know that we are doing. He'll say, hey, guys, thank you for tuning in. I will now start putting my best foot forward. I was just buying time until you guys could watch me be great. So... That's right. Tom, we're we're coming. Here we go. Uh, Make sure to follow and subscribe to us on iTunes. Give us five stars. Rate us. Do all that fun stuff. Follow us on iTunes at RB1 Podcast. Follow myself at PM Rogers. Follow Clark at NFL Clark. Um, We will be back at you later this week, um, possibly with a special guest. So tune in for that. I know Clark's getting all excited. Uh, We are the fantasy podcast for the porn bots. Until later this week. Peace.